0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're so glad you've joined us today for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a five-week series entitled Guardrails. In this series, we're discovering how many of the regrets we have or will have can be avoided simply by establishing personal guardrails. Dr. Kelly is covering the most relevant topics like friendship, marriage, finances, and career. Now here's our guest speaker today, Pastor Chad Lunsford.
1: How are we doing today, church? We doing good? Yeah. You guys sure? Yeah. All right, just making sure. Hey, we are so glad you're here today. We want to welcome all of you here at central campus and we want to give a warm shout out to all of our campuses and before i even list the campuses i just want to look into the camera and tell you we are so glad you are a part of us and we are excited about celebrating holy communion with you and i would say to you here at central some of you quite possibly drive by some of our campuses to get to central So two things I would say to you. One, we're so glad you're here. But secondly, we would say, hey, you might consider checking out some of these campuses from time to time. Because we have a saying around here. One church, multiple locations. So wherever you go, it's the same experience. And we are so thrilled to be able to be one church all over the place. Amen? Amen. So we want to welcome our Sanford campus. Would you give it up for Sanford? Garner. Coffee House Campus, by the way, that's here at Central. Some of you would love that if you ever sit in here and go, you know, this is a little too big for me, or I wish the music wasn't so loud, or I wish I had a free cup of coffee. (laughs) Coffee House is your celebration. It is upstairs in the Student Ministry Center. Want to give it up for North Raleigh, Columbia, the Capitals. (laughs) NCCIW, Daughters of the King, we love you women and we are about to go into a men's prison come on now it's not a campus yet but we're moving toward uh they're gonna let us come in there once a month it's my understanding to serve the men at polk prison have you guys heard of this and um hey if you're if if you're interested in that Um, I know you've already turned in the connect cards and stuff but at all of our campuses in the weeks ahead if you're interested in going into the men's prison for Bible study once a month but wouldn't it be cool that's how we get our foot in the door wouldn't it be cool that if we got there for a while before long they said you know what we'd like for you to come do a weekly worship celebration in the men's prison like you do in the women's prison now if that gets you fired up say amen. amen that'd be awesome that'd be awesome. Television ministry, New Hope Kenya, we love you guys. And I know I said it during the announcements just a moment ago, but I want to say it globally so all the streams can hear it. Listen closely, everybody. There are two very important meetings coming up. One is Vision Night this Wednesday. It's a different kind of Vision Night because I am going to be laying out a big, bold, bright future of where we're going. You do not want to miss it. You do not want to say months down the road, you know, oh, i never heard about that. Well, here's where you hear about it. Okay, Vision night this Wednesday. All of our campuses, we're going to be streaming that. And then there is a membership meeting April 7th at 7 p.m. You do not want to miss that if you are a member of this church. All right, so welcome to the grand finale of Guardrails. This is a series that, to be honest with you, I'm not excited about ending. I, I really actually don't want to wrap this one up it has been an incredible series it 's been one for the history books. Uh, well, to be honest with you, another way of saying that would be it 's been one for the future books because if you 'll apply what we 've been hearing in this series on all of the topics, the tantalizing and tempting Topics that we have covered in this series, if you were to plant guardrails in your life to keep you out of those ditches, it's not about the history of your life. It is about the future of your life and my life. I saw a piece of artwork this week that I thought was most appropriate for this series. Let me show it to you. Put it on the screen for you. The dude on the left says, Hey, I hate being confined by this fence. I'm jumping over it. person says, wait, it's not a fence. It's a guardrail. (laughs) Come on now. Why don't we, I I wouldn't even plan on doing this, but why don't we read that verse of Scripture together at the bottom. Ready? Go. Whoever keeps commandments keeps their life, but whoever shows contempt for their ways will... Oh, my Lord. So I want to ask you... To do something on the very beginning today. I want to ask you to ask God to speak to your heart today. Like, seriously. This is not just church, right, as usual. This is not just let's go. And, and And go to new hope church and, and and let's just let's just waste an hour and a half of our time. You're too busy for that, aren't you? Like, would you ask God to speak to your heart today? And I'm going to give you a chance to do that right now. So let's just pray. Just ask God to speak to your heart. You're believers, most of you if you're not, we're so glad you're here. Just bow your heads between you and God. I want you to ask God to speak to your heart today. Let's pray. God, I pray with these, your beautiful people. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Exactly what each and every individual person needs to hear, me included. God, would you speak? This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The reason I say you're beautiful people, by the way, you are beautiful people. But yesterday we had a birthday party at my house. We had 12, I think it was 12, 10-year-old boys and seven high schoolers. It redefined what craziness is. I, I didn't know if I was going to make it through the day yesterday. But hey, I was so looking forward to being with you because you're, you're a well-behaved group of people. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Hey, um, if you missed any of this series, don't, uh, don't forget you can pick it up at any of our campuses in the Resource Center as soon as the worship celebration is over today. So here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to teach you one final guardrail. One final guardrail, going to keep it kind of short. It's a very, very important one. And the truth can be, can be said that if you get this guardrail right that I'm talking about today, if you get it sturdy in your life, it has the ability to actually help you keep all the other guardrails firmly planted in your life. I'm going to talk about it today, and then I'm going to move to a review of where we have been. And then we are all going to gather around the table of our Lord today for holy communion. I want to ask you to try to figure out a poem. I want you to try to figure out and guess the subject of this poem. It's not easy, so put your thinking caps on. You got them on? You ready? What am I talking about here in this poem? It's going to get us to our guardrail today. I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or your heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half the things you do, you might just as well turn over to me. And I will be able to do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done and after a few lessons I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great men, and alas, of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made them great. Those who are failures, I have made them failures. I am not a machine, though I work with all the precision of a machine, plus the intelligence of man." You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will put the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am habit. Mm, is right. Habits, church, listen, listen, listen. Habits, church, can make you or they can what? Habits can make you or break you. The one habit of highly effective Christians, listen to me, the one habit that tends to help prevent calamities and disasters in the lives of believers, the one habit that seems to have great potential... In helping believers keep the other sturdy guardrails firmly planted is the habit of, write it down, worship. It is the habit of worship. If you got your Bibles, open them to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to be reading verses 19 through 25 of Hebrews chapter 10. You're ready for the word of God, let me hear a strong amen. Amen. Hebrews 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is what? His body. How appropriate with us having holy communion today. That is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God. Here it is, here it is, here it is. And let us draw near to God with a sincere conscience. With a heart full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Now here's the key verse. I want you to pay close attention to this one. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day what church? approaching worship and the habit of worship is the one guardrail that will help you keep all of the others that i have talked about in this series firmly planted and unless you start saying hey well don't talk to us about attending worship because you're just preaching to the choir That might be true and if you're here and you're here every single Sunday or if you're on vacation and you still worship and weekly worship is a part of your life in the house of God, then of course I'm not talking to you. You can sit here today and just feel very, very great because you've mastered this one. But do you know what the statistics tell us? The truth is even though you might be here today, the truth is the overwhelming majority in the church today, they attend worship about twice a month. And the Bible is saying, hey, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. As a Christian, above all else, I want to make it very, very clear today, we are to worship God. Amen? As Christians, above all else, we are to worship God. Just as God made a bird to fly, hello, and a fish to swim, And a Carolina fan to hate Duke. You were wondering if I was gonna bring it up. Mercer. What? Mercer. You Carolina fans, y'all a bunch of haters, man. Y'all a bunch of haters. All y'all lighting up Twitter and all that. just as a God made a bird to fly and a fish to swim, God made you to worship. Amen? You were designed and created to worship. And even if you don't worship Jesus, listen to me, you will worship something. The question has never been whether humanity will worship something. The question has always been what will humanity worship? Because we were made to worship and we are going to worship Something. Romans 12 starts to get at this really, really powerfully. Romans 12, 1. Let's read it out loud together. All of our campuses. Ready? Go. Because of God's great mercy, offer your bodies as what, church? Holy and pleasing to God. Let's continue. This is your true and proper worship. Now, if you're a note-taker, listen, just, just circle or underline or write these two words down offer and pleasing offer and pleasing worship is what we offer to God when we gather on Sundays listen to me church we are here to offer ourselves to God we're not here to entertain one another don't ever think this is up here to entertain you there is only one audience in worship you are not it God is the audience of worship. Come on now. And when we gather week in and week out. And we worship God. And we try to offer Him ourselves. And we try to offer Him the value that is due His name. The honor that is due His name. When we do that, all the other guardrails seem to kind of get firmly planted and stay in place. It's the habit. It's the habit of worship. It is here For God's glory, can I get an amen? And here's what's cool. The Bible is really, really clear, very, very specific about how we are to offer ourselves to God in worship. You read the last verse so well. Let's read Mark chapter 12, 30. Because this is Jesus talking about it. Ready? Go. It's the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your... With all your what, church? And all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Love the Lord your God. Let's just camp out for a moment on the word heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's a heart thing. Are you you here today to love the Lord your God with all your heart? You guys remember that great song we used to do? We don't do it much anymore. Matt Redman. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Right? You remember the words? I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, God. This worship celebration, here or in the capitals of the Carolinas or in Kenya or the Sand Hills or the water tower town or in a prison, this worship celebration is about God and God's people loving God with all their heart. How's your heart today? Oh, we just turned a corner, didn't we? Now you're with me. How's your heart today? When you, when you come to worship, do you, do you do this as you think about getting ready at home? Or when you think about coming? Or when you get in the car, or do you say things like this? Or do you think things like this? Well, I guess I better go to worship. Not really excited about it, but I'm going to go. See what that crazy preacher got to say to me today. Right, right, right. God, I'm here. Speak to me. Come on. How's, how's that going to connect with God? How's that going to feel to God? Right? May of this year. Glory. Hallelujah. May of this year. May um May 13th. Uh, I, got a, I got a wedding anniversary. Um, 19 years. What? Where does the time go? I mean, next year it's going to be 20. So 19 years. So, so So how would this work? How would this work? If on May 13th I come up to my wife and I'm like, Honey, um, we have an anniversary. And the best I can tell, men are supposed to give wives flowers on their anniversary. So I'm going to give you these flowers for three strategic reasons. (laughs) One, men are supposed to give flowers to their wives. Two, I'm supposed to love you. Three, it's our anniversary going to work for me <laughs> how, how, how is that going to work for me I don't do a lot of marriage counseling anymore but I was counseling a couple one time and the woman just kept saying he never tells me he loves me and he finally said well I told you when we married each other if it changes I'll let you know I'm like time out bro Let's excuse her, and you and I have a little man-to-man here. I mean, but but we do that with God, don't we? The same way that that doesn't work with our spouses or those we might be dating, that doesn't work. Now, hear me out, church. God does not accept half-hearted worship. And I say it again, okay. God does not accept half-hearted worship. And you might be sitting there going, hey, yeah, 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 but I can worship God anywhere, 24-7, God's everywhere. You're right. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. Worship is far more than a Sunday experience. Amen? But that doesn't negate the fact that Hebrews 10 is all about weekly worship. Hebrews 10 says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Yes, we are to worship twenty four seven, And yes, it is far more than a habit. But the church is supposed to gather weekly and worship. And if you gather weekly and you truly worship God wholeheartedly and you honor God and you lean into God's word and you worship God, God has a way of keeping us out of the ditches of life. Come on, if you're going to clap, clap. If you're going to clap, clap. God wants relationship with you, church. Some of you just need to hear that alone. Like God wants relationship. God's passionate about you. Some of you you don't feel like you're lovable. God's passionate about you. God wants relationship with you. Brother Lawrence put it like this. If you haven't read much of Brother Lawrence's stuff, it's awesome. He says, our only business is to love and delight ourselves in God. I've been walking with Christ now for 20 plus years. I've concluded, listen, this is from me. I've concluded, I am hopelessly in love with Jesus. And I am helplessly dependent on Him for everything in me that is good. And I'm a dude, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. And yes, I wear pink. I am hopelessly in love with Jesus. And I am helplessly dependent on Him. For anything that is good in me or that is in this world. Here's the second thing, keeping it going. We are to worship God with others. We're to worship God with others. Now, come on, we're having so much fun here, and I know you guys are having it at the campuses too. Look to your neighbor, look to your neighbor, and say, It's a wee thing. Just go ahead. It's a wee thing. All right, all right. Now, look to the neighbor on the other side who you didn't like as much as the first one. Because <laughs> you had a reason for ignoring one and going the other way. Come on now. Look to the other neighbor, give them some love, and say, It's a wee thing. <laughs> It's a we thing, church. It's a we thing. Go back to the verse. Just let, let, let's just marinate in it for a moment. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us, is what it says. Let who? Us. Consider how what? How what? We may spur one another on toward love and good deeds and not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging. What's those two words? And all the more as you see the day approaching. The Bible is saying the best, most faithful and pleasing form of worship is done in community. Come on. It's in community. It's when we gather on Sundays and we worship. It's when we gather in our homes for life groups and we worship. The best worship is done in community worship is best when the plurality of god's people worship the singularity of god wow i need to say that again i'm preaching to myself up here today worship at its best is when we worship in the plurality of god's people but we worship the singularity of the one true god come on church Come on. It's a we thing. Amen? We reinforce one another's faith. We bear one another's burdens. We learn from one another's teachings and mistakes. We have an opportunity to build others up. We hear great songs of praise even when we can't sing like me. We receive the Lord's Supper together. Come on. We know we are being faithful to the commands of Scripture. We pray for one another. We pray for the church and for the community. God meets us here when we worship God in all of our plurality, but we worship the singularity of Almighty God. It is community. Powerful, powerful, powerful. It's a wee thing, church. It's a wee thing. And so, how appropriate on a day when we look at this final guardrail for us to gather as a community around the table of the Lord. And we, not me, not you, but we, Celebrate holy communion. No other church meal, if you will, emphasizes the communal nature of this better than holy communion. And and come on, have you ever just thought about those two words, holy communion? Have, Have you ever just reflected on that? It's holy, come on church, because God is in the house. It's, a, it's just a loaf of bread. But when God is in the house, when God takes up residence, if you will, and communes with us through a piece of bread and a cup of wine, it is holy. And Think about that second word, communion. It's communion because we are communing together. You and me. In all of our plurality. and all of our differences. From our skin color to our education. Doesn't matter if you went to the University of South Carolina. Or North Carolina State. Or NCCU, right? Or Duke. Or no college. Doesn't matter if you're a high school dropout. Doesn't matter your socioeconomic level, we commune together. Plurality coming together in one holy God. Amen. Oh, we're connecting now. The, the communion of the living saints, if you will, for you high church people. Remember, you've heard of that. You grew up hearing about it. The communion of the saints. You're a saintly-looking group. Especially after that birthday party yesterday. <laughs> so we come ready to meet a holy God and commune together. If you've got your Bibles, turn over there to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. Hear this communion text. All of it won't be on the screen. I just want you to settle in for a moment and hear the word of God from 1 Corinthians 11. Listen in. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Listen to this. So then, whoever eats the bread, oh, listen in. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. And a holy hush just fell over the house of the Lord. And I read it again. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. He is a holy God. Did you hear me? He is a holy God. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. A number of you have died. That's how the New Testament spoke of such things. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat, help me out, together as a community I want to invite you today to examine yourselves I want to invite you to a holy table where we commune together I want to invite you to take some steps toward Christ Remember at the beginning of the service I invited you to actually ask God to speak to your heart today. Think about where we've been in this series. Most of you have been here. The very first week, February 9th. Remember the subject? We talked about alcohol. Some of you... Some of you need to stop drinking. Some of you are addicted. Some of you tell yourself that you're only going to drink one or two and it becomes four, five, six, seven, and eight. You even sometimes drive while you are inebriated. You say, bro, come on. Now you, I thought we were going toward communion. The Bible said, examine yourself. You're like, I'm not. Come on, I'm not addicted. Fine. Stop drinking for 30 days. Just stop. Prove it to God. Prove it to yourself. Some of you need to stop drinking because you can't handle it. February 16th, remember what the subject matter was? Sex. And we looked at that great verse of scripture where the Bible says, Flee! Remember that? Flee from sexual immorality. And some of you, since that day, you've been continuing to wrestle with that subject. And once again, you've told yourself, I'm done. I'm going to stop and you found yourself yet again probably multiple times since that Sunday holed up in a corner somewhere looking at freaking pornography you still need to flee beloved some of you right Now you're having an affair on your spouse. You need to flee. You need to flee, dear sir. You need to flee, ma'am. Some of you, you might not be having the affair yet, but you know you're having it in your mind. You're doing the whole direct messaging thing, you're doing the Facebook thing, you're sending the messages, you're having the phone calls, and you know, you know it's crossed the line. You know that you are having an emotional affair with that person. You need to flee. and you need to come out of your seat in a moment. At any of our campuses. And you need to come to the table of a holy God. And you need to receive the body and the blood of Christ. And you need to grab a permanent sharpie marker. And you need to write on one of these guardrails somewhere at any of our campuses. You need to write the area of your life where you're struggling. And you are committing to a holy God today. To put up a guardrail and turn from your sin. You say, whoa, why, why, why are you doing all this, Pastor? I just wanted to come to church. Because we serve a holy God and I love you enough to let you know that God does not tolerate unconfessed sin. I love you enough to be honest with you. Then we went into that period where Pastor Chad preached a few messages on directing and protecting and friendships. And we had Maurice Claret up on the stage, remember that? And we talked about community, we talked about Friendships. Maurice Claret, the great running back from Ohio State, he said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Some of you, you come to church on Sunday, but you hang out with some jacked up people. And don't get me this, well, pastor, I'm just building a redemptive relationship with them. I'm, I'm trying to invest and invite. Oh, we're all about loving those people. Amen. We're all about being a jacked up church. Amen. Some of your guests. Yes, we are. No perfect people allowed. That's a sermon series one day. No perfect people allowed. But there's a difference between building redemptive relationships with people who are far from God and hanging out with them and allowing them to influence their life. And because they're jacked up and you're hanging out with them, they're going to jack your future up. Some of you just need to stop hanging out with them. Jesus said, "Be in the world, but not of the world. Some of you just need to stop. You just need to stop hanging out with them. March 16th, last Sunday, we talked about money. And I know God, you know, it's the way God decided to fund His his ministry, His church, His kingdom in the world. He said, I want believers to bring 10% into the storehouse of God. I know all that, but last week I talked about giving from a totally different perspective. Last week I talked about giving as a guardrail. The reason God would say to you and me, hey, I want you to bring at least 10% back into my house because I am a holy God. The reason I want you to honor me with your finances is because if you give me that first 10%, it's going to be a guardrail for you to make sure you don't end up worshiping the Almighty Dollar. And I threw two words up here on a flip chart I, I threw the word consumer and I threw the word hoarder. And I told you that the word that connects all of that together is the word greed. And some of you have been hacked off at me since last Sunday because you're greedy. Some of you are greedy. And again, what you need to do today is you need to come out of your chair, come out of your pew, wherever you are. And you need to make your way to the table of a holy God. And you need to confess your greed. And you need to tell Almighty God, I'm no longer going to worship the dollar bill. I'm going to put you first. God, I'm no longer going to go to church. Some of you have been going to church for decades and you've never honored God with the tithe. You're greedy, dear sir. You're greedy. And you can get hacked off at me all you want. But I'm here to tell you that God can do more with your 90% with Him in your financial portfolio than, he can, than you can ever do with 100% with Him outside of your portfolio. You need to come out you need to receive the body and the blood of Christ. And you need to grab a marker, you need to ride on a guardrail. You say, what if somebody sees what I write? (laughs) Nobody's going to be looking over your shoulder. Use shorthand if you want. God knows your heart. And today, today, talked about the final guardrail of worship. Some of you, you're you're a twice a month kind of person. You're a once a month kind of person. Man, I'm so glad I see you when you come once a month. We're so glad. We're here every Sunday. so thankful to have you once a month but here's what you need to do you need to tell god i'm gonna honor you on the first day of the week like i'm gonna honor you with my first fruits i'm gonna honor you on the first day of the week which is sunday and i don't care where i am i don't care if i'm on vacation i don't care what i'm doing i'm gonna worship you on sunday and if i'm sick or a kid sick. I'm going to get on the internet campus. But God, you're going to get my worship. Because you are worthy. Guardrails, church. Guardrails. Got an email this week person said i've gone to churches my entire life my entire life and for the first time in my life it's making sense for the first time in my life i get it i get that god has more for me and i have my guardrails up i have accountability partners and i'm all in with jesus what about you what about you? And what about me? I hope you know that I just haven't preached this series to you. I hope you know that as I shared my sexual promise to purity with you back in the sex week. And when I talk about money and I talk about all these Tantalizing and tempting subjects. I hope you know that the series has spoken to my heart as well. I hope you know that I am more firmly planted and committed to putting guardrails up in my life than I have ever been before. You know why? Because I don't want to let you down as your pastor. I don't want to be that pastor with my mugshot on the newspaper and splattered all over the internet websites I don't want to be that pastor who lets my beautiful wife down I don't want to be that pastor who my kids look at one day on the television or the internet say oh yeah that's what dad did and most importantly I don't want to be that guy who lets my Lord and Savior down. Holiness still matters, church. Confession still matters, church. Repentance still matters, church, because God is still holy. So join me I'm not preaching at you. I'm coming under the authority of the word with you. Join me today in holy communion. Examine your lives. Examine your sexuality. Examine your addictions, alcohol. Drugs, pharmaceutical drugs. Examine your relationships. Examine your money. Examine your weekly rhythm of worship or lack thereof. Examine your lives. Come to the table of the Lord. And at any station, take a piece of bread. And a cup of juice and receive the body and blood of Christ. And when you're done at all of the campuses, there's a little trash can where you can dispose of your cup. And there will be baskets of markers or containers of markers at all of our campuses. Grab a permanent marker and write on a guardrail. What area of your life you're confessing? What area of your life? might not be a confession. It might be an area where you're just saying, Lord, I'm so thankful that somebody taught me this some time ago or during this series, and I'm just going to shore this one up a little more. Write a prayer. we got plenty of guardrail space. Write whatever you want to write. This is what defining moments are all about, church. This is how the believer has a relationship with a holy God, receives forgiveness of his or her sin, takes a stand, repents, and moves toward a holy God so that he can keep transforming us into the image of Jesus. You are invited. Every single one of you are invited. We serve an open table at New Hope Church. But examine yourself. And if you examine yourself and you desire to commune with the holy God and with me. And with one another. You come as the ushers lead you. Let's pray together. Father. Thank you for your holiness. Thank you that you tell us in the word that you desire the same for us. The Bible says, "Be ye holy as I am holy." So we come to you now, God, in all of our humanity, we come to the table of the Lord, and we intersect with your divinity, your holiness. God, we are sorry. God, never let us become complacent with sin. God, like the holiness movements of the past, let us have tender hearts. So that when we sin and we fall short of the glory of God, and the Bible says we all do, Father, may it break our hearts. May it wound our spirits. Because we understand that it fractures our relationship with you. Because you are holy. So we come. As a community. One church. Many locations. We come to the one table. We celebrate the one sacrament of holy communion. And from receiving that grace upon grace upon grace, from examining ourselves, God, we then step up to a guardrail, and as a way of committing, as a way of planting a firm guardrail in our own lives, or two or three or four. Or maybe it's even a subject God that I didn't even cover. We write a message out to you. And we commit to go from this table. Transformed and redeemed by the body and the blood of Christ. And when we fall short and we just might again. God, we're going to come back to you with a broken heart. And beg and plead for the amazing grace of God yet again. And through that process, God, over and over again, we just know and believe and have experienced. It is in that, that you transform us into the image of Jesus. We draw near. Draw near to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to turn it back over to the campus pastors at all of our locations and they will lead you from here.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.NewHopeNC.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.